Hi, I'm Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today, I want to talk to you about overcoming lies with truth. Whenever we take a step forward with Christ, it seems like the enemy is right there to whisper discouragement and lies in our ear. And unless we know how to stand upon the rock of God's word, we can very easily fall for that bait and be led off the path that God has for us. Before we dive in, I wanted to remind you that there is one day left to register for a simulcast of our 2022 Set Apart Conference. And our theme this year was the abiding life. What does it mean to build a deep daily intimate walk with Jesus Christ. It was such a powerful weekend. And if you register for a simulcast, one registration covers any size group. So if you're thinking about hosting a group so you can go through the sessions together or even just going through them on your own, you'll have access to the sessions all throughout the rest of this year. Go to setapartgirl.com and click on upcoming events for details or click the link in this podcast description. Let's dive into overcoming lies. As I said, whenever we seem to take a step forward, if it's a step forward in our prayer life or a step of obedience or any kind of ministry forward movement, the enemy is just ready to pounce. And a lot of times his lies sound very convincing and even wise. Remember Eve in the garden, the enemy didn't use something obvious to tempt her towards lies. He used something that seemed like wisdom. If we're not ready to counter those lies immediately with the truth of God's word, we can very easily be deceived and we can be pulled away from that abiding life, that intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. In John 8, Jesus talks about the lies that the enemy speaks. He says there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And then in Revelation 12, 11, it says that they overcame him, meaning Satan, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. It's so encouraging to realize that God has given us the spiritual tools we need to overcome the enemy's lies by standing on the shed blood of Jesus Christ and by the word of our testimony, which means declaring what is true. So if we want to have an unhindered relationship with Christ, we have to be ready to immediately respond to Satan's lies with truth. And we have to be aggressive in doing this because no matter how right and reasonable an idea may seem from an emotional perspective or a cultural perspective, if it doesn't line up 100% with the word of God, we need to kick it out of our thinking. It should not be shaping our decisions or our emotions or our thoughts. So let's look at some practical ways to overcome the enemy's lies. First, speak truth in your heart and with your mouth. In Psalm 19, 14, it talks about this. And so many of us have developed this habit of speaking negative things, things that do not line up with the truth of God's word. If you are in the habit of just constantly spewing out negative things with your mouth or even just pondering negative thoughts in your own mind, I encourage you to look for specific promises in the word of God and begin to speak and think according to God's reality instead. For example, if you are tempted to say, I know I'm going to fail at this or think those thoughts, instead decide to declare God's reality, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear from Hebrews 13, 6. Or instead of saying or thinking, I know I won't be able to sleep tonight, you can proclaim God's reality. I will both lie down in peace and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety from Psalm 4, 8. Be sure that the things you meditate upon, the things that you talk about and think about, line up with Paul's checklist 
in Philippians 4.8, the things that are noble and right and true and pure and lovely and excellent and of good report. Our culture does not set us up to think in terms of God's reality. Our culture sets us up for constantly pondering worst case scenario, negative thoughts and ideas, things that even may seem funny, but are not based on the truth of God's word. Be guarded against those cultural inputs that don't agree with the word of God. What kind of movies are you watching? What are you looking at on social media? Are you filling your mind with truth through those platforms? Or are you filling your mind with the hollow lying voices of the culture. It's easy to do this without even realizing it because a lot of times the world packages the enemy's lies in very subtle and attractive packages. I've shared the story before of a young woman who loved romance movies and she came to the conclusion, even though she knew the word of God and she had grown up in a Christian home and she was a Christian, she began to believe that it was okay to leave your spouse for another person as long as that other person was your soulmate. Well, where did she get that idea? She got it from movies and TV shows and social media and things from the world that made going off and leaving your spouse and going off with someone else seem noble and right and important and good. It was this idea of, oh, I found my soulmate rather than the truth of what God's word says, that we are to be faithful to the person that we marry. So that's just one example of how cultural influences can disrupt our thinking and pull us away from God's reality. So be guarded with those kinds of inputs. Also know the word of God. This is absolutely critical. In Psalm 119, 105, it says that God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And if we don't know the word of God, we are going to be so much more susceptible to believing the enemy's lies or the lies that come at us from this culture. Have some key scriptures ready to combat the lies the enemy throws at you the moment they come knocking on the door of your heart. And if you know the word of God, that's how you can do this. I've often told the story on this podcast of Darlene Dibler. She was a prisoner of war during the Second World War, an American missionary who was taken prisoner by the Japanese, and she was put onto death row in the Japanese prison. And the first thing they did was take away her Bible. They said, you cannot have that book in there. You'll only be thinking about your God instead of how you've wronged the Imperial Japanese army. We won't let you have the Bible. And they thought they were punishing her by taking away her Bible. But she said in her testimony, what they didn't know is that from a very young age, she had had an insatiable love for the word of God. And she had whole books of the Bible memorized. And that entire time that she was in death row, which was one of the most excruciating things most of us could ever imagine going through, she was starving, she was diseased, she was awaiting death. Every single time she needed that truth, she said that it was like God could just let down the needle of the Holy Spirit and just pull out a section of the word of God that was in her heart and play it back to her, sort of like a a needle playing on a record player. And what a powerful example of someone who hid the word of God in her heart from a young age, God prompting her to do that, knowing that someday she would be without her Bible. So know the word of God. And even if memorizing whole books of the Bible sounds intimidating to you, I know it definitely sounds intimidating to me a lot of the time. Just ask God to show you those key scriptures that you can begin to hide in your heart and have ready for when the enemy hits you with one of his lies. They can be simple scriptures. Even one or two words from scripture is more powerful than the lies of the enemy. 
Another key is to be led by truth and not emotion. You can see that in Proverbs 28, 26. It's so important when we're facing any kind of situation or any kind of lie the enemy is hitting us with, not to ask the question, how do I feel about this? We are so conditioned to base our decisions and our thoughts on what our emotions tell us. What we need to be asking is, what does God say about this? The enemy's lies will often appeal to our emotions. If it feels true, it must be true. We hear so much about follow your heart and trust your heart. We can easily use our emotions to define our reality. But God's word actually says in Proverbs that if we trust in our own heart, we are being like the foolish person. When we base our reality, though, on the unchanging word of God, our emotions begin to automatically line up with his truth. Remember, for any lie the enemy can throw at you, God has truth that can set you free. I want to go through some of the most common lies that the enemy often hits us with, and then look at some amazing truths from the word of God that can throw those lies in the wastebasket. One of the first ones that I think a lot of us feel is this voice that says you are disqualified from God's mercy. It's too late for you. His forgiveness may work for everyone else, but not for you. But what does God say? God says in 1 John 3.20, if your heart condemns you, I am greater than your heart. And God says in 1 John 1.9, if you confess your sins, I am faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And God says in Psalm 103.12, as far as the east is from the west, so I have removed your sins from you. The enemy often says to us, you've been too hurt. You can never experience the joy and the freedom that Christ offers because the pain and the baggage that you carry from your past is too great. But God says something very different. In Isaiah 61, 3, he says, I will give you beauty for ashes. I will restore to you the years the locust has eaten. And that's from Joel 2, 25. He also says in Genesis 50, 20, what the enemy means for evil in our lives, God will turn to good. And he also says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. The enemy often tells us because of the things you've done, you're disqualified from God's promises. You are no longer worthy to be called his child. But God says, I will bring out the best robe and put it on you and put a ring on your finger and sandals on your feet. For this, my daughter was dead and is alive again. She was lost and is found. That's a paraphrase from the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. He also says in Isaiah 1:18, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. When we are in Christ, that is our reality. The enemy often says, others have rejected you, so God will reject you too. But God says in Psalm 45, 10 and 11, listen, O daughter, consider and incline your ear, forget your own people also and your father's house. So the king will greatly desire your beauty because he is your Lord. Worship him. He also says in Jeremiah 31, 3, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. The enemy often says, God does not care about you. Your problems don't matter. Your life does not have a purpose. But God says in Jeremiah 1, 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I created your innermost being. I knit you together in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. My thoughts toward you outnumber the grains of sand. That's from Psalm 139. He also says, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. 
from Isaiah 43, 1. The enemy says others have abandoned you. God will abandon you too. You cannot trust anyone, including God. But God says in John 14, 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. He says in Hebrews 13, 5, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. He says in Matthew 28, 20, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. He says in Psalm 46, 1, I am your very present help in trouble. He says in Proverbs 18, 24, I am your friend that sticks closer than a brother. And he says in Psalm 27, 10, though your father and mother forsake you, I will receive you. Another thing the enemy whispers is that, is that the pressures and worries and cares of this life are too much for us to handle, that we are going to crumble under the weight of them. But God says in Isaiah 43, 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. He also says in Jude one twenty four, I am able to keep you from falling. And one of the other lies that the enemy often tells us is that God isn't listening and he won't answer our prayers. That's one that I often hear whispered in my ear, even though I've seen God answer my prayers time and time again, the enemy always wants to tempt me away from prayer saying God isn't really listening. But God says in Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. He says in Luke 18, 7, will I not bring about justice for my chosen ones who cry out to me day and night? And then in Psalm 65, 2, I am the God who answers prayer. It is so powerful to realize that for every conceivable lie the enemy can throw at us, there is an answer in the word of God. If you've been battling with those lies, those notions and thoughts where you know the enemy is whispering them in your ear and you're having a hard time seeing through the fog of those lies to what is actually real, I encourage you to go to the word of God, ask him to show you his great and precious promises, which are so much more powerful than any voice of the culture or the enemy. When you stand on the truth of God's word, no weapon formed against you can prosper. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into what it means to build a Christ-centered life, please visit our website at setapartgirl.com. There are many resources that we have for you there, including an online mentoring program with videos and resources that can help you deepen your relationship with Christ. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.